Good morning, everyone, and welcome to episode 58 of Catholics at Home. I'm your host this morning, Jonathan Poon, aka JP. Welcome, everyone. Um, welcome joining our show for the first time. If it's actually, if it's not your first time, we welcome you back. Um, you know, like our Facebook page, Catholics at Home, share this post, do a watch party with your friends and family. Catholics at Home is also available on YouTube, Spotify, and of course, Facebook. Tell us what topics you'd like to see on Catholics at Home in the future, and feel free to post questions or comments that you may have on this show. This morning, episode 58, we will be talking about encountering God in your church, witnessing the legacy of His goodness. It's kind of a mouthful, but if you think about it really, church is something that we have grown and uh, be a part of ever since we were young or ever since we were baptized. Our parents brought us to church. We went to church. We had catechism classes. We participated in ministries, in activities with the church. So, you know, it should not be a, a strange thing to us to talk about our encounter with God in church. But you know what? It's rarely talked about. And so for this morning, we actually have a host of guests who is going to be coming very on coming on very shortly to talk about their own experiences encountering God in church. But before that, I would of course like to bring the one and only Father Clarence Devadas to join me this morning as my co-host. Hi, good morning, hi. JP. Hey, hi, hi, good morning, Father Clarence. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. And yourself? I'm good. I'm good. Um, you know, being being locked down at home, it's actually a good thing because it gives us a lot of opportunity to actually catch up with one another virtually and, and really do it from a safe distance, given what is happening out there. So I'm really happy that we are doing this show because, you know, with, with church closed for masses and all, um, what better way to have this conversation about encountering God in church than to have it online? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I think you no, know, online engagement has, has literally become the the norm these days, isn't it? I mean, in so many ways, whether it's work, yes. whether it's church, whether even even casual conversations. You know, I have ca casual conversations with people, uh, have coffee, have tea. So yeah, so this is looks like it's going to be here for a long time. Yes. Uh, interestingly, because coffee, brother. <laughs> and you got the right mug for the coffee too. Uh, yes, you know. Tomorrow, tomorrow in church we we celebrate World Day of Communications, you know, and and it's the fifty fifth, I think, uh, you know, and the Holy Father has a message for it, and so yeah, who would have thought that you know uh, this is going to be so integral to our lives, to every person? We only thought that the mil the millennials will get on board, but looks like everyone is on board now, so yeah. you know, communicating this way is becoming uh, quite a norm. People are getting used to it, but of course, you know. We all also look forward to that face-to-face -face engagement, uh, you know, for that short period periods of time when we were able to go back to church. Such a nice feeling, isn't it, JP? I'm, I'm sure you yes. went to church and it was such a nice feeling to to go back. Yes, yes, it was. It was really nice going into into the physical space and and really, you know, going through the Eucharist with the community and and just reciting the Our Father together with everyone in the congregation. That was something that was truly uplifting for me. You know, I, I never would have expected in my lifetime that I would be celebrating a whole year's worth and more of masses online. And, and so to be able to go back in that few weeks, right, to go back to, to physical uh, church to attend mass, uh, that, was, that was something uplifting for me. Yeah. 
And, and that's what we're talking about this morning, isn't it? I mean, of course, we talk about the church as a sacred space. You know, of course, through the incarnation, you know, God is omnipresent. God is present everywhere. But sometimes, you know, at a certain place when we go to, uh, you know, you, you have a special connection uh, because of the ambience, because of, you know, the, 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 the people that are there. Uh, it makes that encounter a little more special than than the ordinariness of, of our homes or even our living rooms where we are participating in mass in front of a TV. Uh, you know, it's the, the mass is still the mass, but, you know, being in a sacred space always makes something special. So that's why I thought this morning, uh, you know, rightfully, the topic is encountering God in your church. And I think you started off so well saying that, you know, we can go to church for years, you know, literally, I... I come from a small town that is Rawang, you know, and, and the church is the center of, of activity as I grew up, I'm, I'm sure for many people too. Uh, yeah. and, and that's where we, we really, we meet God in a powerful way. But the interesting JP is that we don't talk about it, isn't it? I mean, I don't know why people are shy yeah. about it. <laughs> I, think, I think it's also partly because, you know, we, we compartmentalize. When we go to church, we experience that sense of community. We, we are together. But then when we, when we exit the church, right, it's back to that insular self of me and God. And, and so maybe that's why we don't really uh, often talk about how, how was it like you experiencing God in church and, yeah. and what have you taken out of that whole experience while you were in church, and I think it's, it's like what you said, Father, it's really appropriate also that we have guests to talk about their own experiences and their own encounter. Because as I was, when I was growing up as, as a young boy, when I was done with my altar boy duties, I would stay around and I would hang out with my fellow altar boys. And then later on, when I was much older, I was hanging out with the youth ministry. And it's always been in church, right? We've, we've always encountered God in so many different ways in church. But Again, you know, we don't talk about it, even as an adult now. Um, how, many, how many of us really do talk about our own experiences with God, you know, with our friends or, or even with our family members? So, so it's, it's really nice to be able to hear some stories about how um, people, people of faith have actually experienced God um, through their life and, and also to hear the stories, yeah. Yeah, so this morning we we have some people that you know, you have known all your life probably, some of them. <laughs> one of them in particular. Yeah, one of them in particular. Uh, uh, we will bring them in shortly. But I think I think it's interesting because uh, the people that we have this morning, uh, you know, they come from the Church of Holy Family, Kajang. Uh, and JP, that's, that's your parish too. Uh, yes, and this year you all celebrate uh, 120 years, I believe. Yes, 120 years, yes. Of the church, right? Of the church, yes. uh, of the community also, I think. Of the community the community that started, yeah. Yeah, I, th I think it's interesting, you know. You know, every church we we celebrate anniversaries, uh, milestones, uh, but the church is not a church if you know if we don't meet God in the church, isn't it? I mean, it, it can just be an empty building, you know. Uh, it's the community that that really makes the church vibrant, alive. So, I thought this morning that you know, we bring this this community of people, friends, and for JP, there's also family in this conversation. Uh, to talk a little bit about about how they met God uh, uh, in 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 going to church, uh, and I think, and this conversation is is to help also maybe when we you know the rest who are who are tuning in and listening, and after this conversation, you could go back also and think a little bit about how you met God uh, in church uh, in, in in a very concrete way, and I think it's it's a, an experience worth sharing with with friends with family uh, in, in a small way. You know, sometimes we, we shy away because we always think, 
no, what will people think of me? You know, the kind of thing you just, you, you kind of yeah. shy away. People think I, I, I'm cuckoo or people think I'm trying to show off. But but I think, you know, these experiences uh, are what that make or inspire others to to be able to, to know that when I go to church, it's not just going to church, the motions of going to church, but, you know, we meet God. Of course, we know this in our heads. I mean, you know, we know we, we know we know these things. Catechism has taught us all this. When you go to church, you genuflect, you bow, you know, there's the presence of God. But do we really meet God, you know, in an encounter, in a in a simple encounter? It's what the conversation is all about this morning, isn't it, JP? So let's yes. I think our guests, our guests, let's not keep them waiting anymore. They're all excited, they want to come in. Yes, let's let's are. bring them in. And I give you the honors of introducing them, JP. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Now you've you've known them all as uncles and aunties. Don't call them uncles and aunties, like yes, to this morning we will all Yes, I was threatened if I were to address anyone as uncle or auntie, they would leave the, the chat quite immediately. So I shall refrain from that. I shall try my very best to refrain from that. So I'd like to bring in our guests for this morning. We have Roy Rogers, Robert Tan, Chitra Das, Joseph De Cruz, and Simon Poon. Wow, wow, wow. It's a packed house. Good morning, everyone. Hi, good morning. morning. It's a full house. We have no more we have no more room in the inn. <laughs> yes. Good morning, everyone. Welcome. Welcome to Catholics at Home. Morning, Father. Morning, Father. Good morning, everybody. Fine here. Hope you had a good breakfast. No butter, no butterflies in your stomach. <laughs> Father, you're going to serve breakfast after the show, is it? All right. Okay. Online. We have to send you. We have to send you by online. Now, um, you know. You all come from 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 one particular parish, as I mentioned to JP just now. You know, you're celebrating 120 years of your existence of your community, uh, and you know the community is is becomes real and and tangible when there is a, a meeting with God in some particular way. So this morning, you know, in a kind of a random way, I think you know uh, you have been invited to this conversation to help you know inspire others to talk about their own stories uh, this morning. I'm sure, you know, I know some of you personally, and you know, you've been involved in church for so many years, you know, uh, probably some of you are also the, the left, the, the right, and the center pillar of the church. Uh, but in, in doing all these things, uh, you know, I, I'm sure that, you know, you met God along the way. When I use the word met God, uh, I mean, I don't mean it in a, in a literal sense, uh, but in an experience, uh, in, in a way that, you know, something that spoke to you uh, about God, because we all go to church, you know, we all go to church. We go through the motions of going to church. Of course, now it's different because in, in some ways that, you know, people have not gone and then going back to church is like, you know, oh, such a novelty. Now, oh, I can go back to church. But sometimes we forget the reality of, of having, you know, seen or, 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 or met or, or, you know, encountered God. So perhaps this morning we just have a little conversation about, you know, how you met God, you know. Uh, uh, along the way. JP, do we have a, 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 a kind of an order of priority here? Seniority or something like that? How's it going to go? <laughs> so we will not go on seniority, but I think what we will probably do is that we will get Chitra to first start off by sharing her own experience of her encounter. Um, see, normally people will always ask me, how did you meet your husband? This is the first time that somebody's asking me, how did you meet God? <laughs> so for me, I have to go back to my childhood days. I come from a very conservative, orthodox Hindu family. I was born in India. And uh, my parents sent me to the missionary school. 
so that I could learn how to speak English. On the first day that I went to school, when the Reverend Mother, on the first day, the first week, they said, all the Catholics put out your hands. I put my hands up and I went for Catholicism class. Until it came to First Holy Communion, when the sister told me that I have to make white dress. And I was confused. White dress? I told her, no, my mother won't make white dress and all that. She said, why? I said, no, no, we all eat, uh, Indians cannot wear white. Then she took me to a room. I was surrounded by all nuns and they kept questioning me. They said, why did you say that you are a Catholic? I said, I don't know. So what do you think they did next? They took me and put me in a moral class. <laughs> that was my first encounter <laughs> as a child. I mean, not, I mean, uh, like experiencing, uh, you know, something about the Catholic faith. You know, I just kind of fell in love with it. And, and what about you? I mean, like for, for Joseph, uh, what was your experience like? Well, um, well, I'm going to relate uh, something that uh, took place years ago when I was uh, I was a small kid actually here. Yeah. Um, I was three plus, and uh, you know we have uh, roots in India, and uh, the family decided to make a trip to India to visit the relatives there. Back then, uh, transport uh, was not by air but by ship, and uh, we set from Port Klang. Uh, the journey was actually a one-week journey from Port Klang to Chennai. And uh, along the way, I became seasick. Every time I saw the, the water, I started throwing up. And uh, by the time we reached India in Chennai, uh, by the seven, end of the seven days, um, I was extremely sick. And uh, when uh, taken to the doctors, the doctors really gave up. Um, and uh, wow, well, getting a bit emotional, but um, yeah, the doctors gave up, and uh, it was an aunt uh, who who said, um, you know, there's this place, Belankani, uh, or Our Lady of Good Health, and uh, why don't we take him there? So my mom and the relatives there took me to uh, the church in Belankani. Uh, they prayed, uh, made some offerings, a vow. And uh, I survived. And uh, that's why I'm with you here today. Um, I still very vividly remember, uh, because my parents kept reminding me this over the years, um, uh, what I went through. And uh, it was because they brought me to church, uh, the prayers, the offerings, the vow. And uh, uh, that's why I survived. That was my first encounter with God. Um, yeah, uh, actually, very, very emotional for me. Um, uh, I didn't realize it at the time. I was still a small kid. It was years later. Parents kept telling me over and over again, and uh, then it started to make sense. And uh, uh, that, in the real sense, was uh, my actually my first encounter with God. Wow. So it was through a voyage, uh, a journey, and it became like a spiritual journey uh, that, you, yep. that you encountered God. And and for, for Chitra, it was through going to a, a mission school and, and then that exposure. So so it's, it's very different, um, both of your experiences, because, you know, on one hand, while both of you encountered God as a child, but the circumstances around how you encountered God was, was very different. So I understand that we also have Robert and, and Simon. I mean, Robert, um, you, you, you converted or you embraced Catholic faith as an adult. How, how, how did that happen? Good morning, everyone. Good morning. 
เวลาที่ผมเรียนในโรงเรียนในโรงเรียนในโรงเรียนในโรงเรียนในโรงเรียนในโรงเรียนในโรงเรียนในโรงเรียนในโรงเรียนในโรงเรียนในโรงเรีย
as as we as you celebrate 120 years, uh, you know, I'm sure. I mean, you are just you know, uh, you know, in some ways, a voice for for the many other people, uh, those still living and and those who have gone before us, uh, bearing testimony to to God that God is alive uh, in your in your church uh, very much. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Simon, you want to you maybe you have an an experience that you want to share. Uh, you know, in in you know, in your years uh, in, in in Holy Family Kajang, going to church every Sunday. Uh, oh, by the way, yeah, Simon is is JP's father. So, in case you know, you don't see the resemblance. Uh, you not, now you begin to know. So that's why JP is a bit a bit well behaved this morning because his father is in the room. So, uh, yeah. So so he was reluctant to bring Simon in. So let me bring Simon into the conversation. Uh, you know, is there is there some and an encounter, you know, while going to the church, you know, something happened that, you know, that has left a kind of a, a mark in your life that you'd like to share with us, Simon? Yes, sir. Thank you, Father. Yeah. Actually, I, uh, I'm a convert and uh, I moved to Kajang in 1982 from Kuala And uh, when I moved to Kajang, I, I, I did not know anybody or any Catholic or any Christian. But uh, first thing first, I registered uh, with myself, I mean, uh, with the parish office. At that time, Father Henry was the parish priest. And uh, after registration, the, I think within a week, I saw two person knocking on my door. They say they are from the BEC. Actually, at that time, we don't have many so-called BEC, but rather divided into six zones in Kajang. So the zone leaders and uh, uh, maybe two more, two more members knock on the door, introduce themselves. Uh, how are you? And all thing, invited me to the coming uh, zone mass the following week. So I attended the mass, get to know somebody. Then after that, Sunday, we went to church. I get introduced, no more people. And the first thing, first person that I met and remember is Robert Tan. <laughs> so uh, he was the chairperson or either Mr. Christopher Pally, the two seniors and two uh, pillars of the church. So from there, I get to know almost, almost half of the parishioners in Kajang within a matter of three months. That's why I always say BEC is very, very good structure system that really bring out the gospel value in our Christian life. I benefited from there. So after that, uh, I joined them for some activities and mass. But because of newly moving in, I was so busy, occupied with renovating the house, painting the house and all things. I was, I was sick for some time and uh, losing weight quite rapidly. So I went for a checkup, everything, doctor say everything is okay, nothing wrong with you, you know. So it dragged on for about uh, half a year or so. I lost more than 20 pounds. At that time, I was, I was around 180 pounds then, I think, uh, quite, uh, those say I quite a uh, big size. <laughs> and uh, so, I know something wrong somewhere, so, but after no, no, no doctor can tell me what's wrong. So I decided, okay, enough is enough. I'm going to surrender everything to God. So I started 
to attend evening mass with my family. So I enjoy the atmosphere very much. The people are friendly and uh, the place is comfortable, even though it's an old church, which accommodated uh, uh, about 300 parishioners only. I feel very, very warm and, uh, and make me very comfortable. Then I surrender everything to this community and to God. Miraculously, or whatever it is you call, my health improved. And I'm so happy and become more involved and active. So I decided uh, 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 to do something in return. Because I found God in this community. I encountered God during the mass, after mass, in the BEC activities, because I really can feel the presence of God, the presence of love in this small community. So, uh, actually, this formed me a habit. Whenever I travel overseas, any, any new place, first thing, I seek out a church. So, I, 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 whatever big church, small church, old church, new church, I will go inside there and say a prayer. Then I feel very comfortable. This is my home. I know that I'll be very, very safe. I'll be very, very happy in this journey. So this is a very very good habit that uh, developed in uh, Kajang. So after that, uh, I was invited to join some organizations or activities, you know. So Father Henriot uh, used to call me, Simon, come, 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 follow me. Because why? He will attend, uh, uh, he, he, will, he will go to uh, Zone every month to celebrate Mass. So I will drive him, I will go with him, either he, he was driving or what, to attend the mass. So also I, 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 I know I know many, many people in uh, many, many zones, in fact, Ho Kajang actually, Ho Kajang Parish. So I, I like I like the style, meeting people, getting to know people, especially some people need help. And uh, so at that time, not many organizations and, uh, to, to choose. Either you join the warden, catechetical, or the, the, for the Chinese, Chinese speaking, uh, Legion of Mary. And the, uh, so I decided to join the Legion of Mary because Legion of Mary can say prayer, also can do visitation, and also can follow Father. You know, Father Henry is a Marian priest. He's uh, a supporter of Legion of Mary. So there are plenty of time, many occasions. We went together to do some work, even, even to mortuary to collect that body and in my car. I put the dead cops inside, send home to the to the to the family. So these are very very experience that I have, I treasure because I see every incident, every person, every, every community. There's a God's presence there. So I can say that I encountered God the moment I surrendered myself when I was now not well, and the community allowed me to see the presence of God to feel the presence of God. So until today, I really raise really a big supporter of BEC and also really enjoy the BEC spirit. Because in BEC, you can counter God. You don't need to go to Holy Shrine, don't, know, don't need to go to pilgrimage, don't need to go overseas to find Jesus, to find God. Right? At your home, your busy, your parish, God is there everywhere. But sometimes we are blinded. <laughs> <laughs> very true. Yeah, very I, true. I, I love this parish. Very true. Yeah, <laughs> very true. 
JP, has your father told you the story before or not? Have you heard no, this before? I've, First time? No, I have, I have not heard of that story before, but I can tell you something. Uh, that, that part of, you know, finding out the church everywhere he goes, that has actually been imparted to me. When I was a student, I was living in Australia. The first thing my dad said, after you've registered at the university, find the nearest parish. Then you'll yeah. be able to anchor yourself to God. And again, you know, when I was posted to East Malaysia, again, he said the same thing. Find the nearest parish, join the community, get yourself involved. And that's how I continued to get myself involved with, with the music ministry, with the choir ministry, uh, in, in all the various places that I lived at. So I think, I think that, that was something of how I actually encountered God from a very young age was through altar service, of course, but it was also through music, which is, you know, which is one of my, my truest passion and being able to offer up that gift to God was my way of how I would encounter God in church. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, JP. Now, yeah. let's, the, the youngest of the lot, I guess, uh, in, I mean, among the guests, <laughs> I guess, in a sense, you know, it's Roy. Uh, Roy uh, has been silent for a while. Roy, I mean, do you have a story to tell us, Roy, about your encounter uh, in this journey that you have made uh, with Christ through the parish community? Thank you, Father. And, and firstly, let me thank uh, Catholics at home, Father Clarence and his team, for providing me the opportunity to share my personal encounter with God. Um, as some of you may know that I was given the responsibility to do research um, about the history of Holy Family Kajang. Firstly, let me, and also let me say that I don't consider myself the best person to do this historical research because there have been uh, other persons or others who have been in Holy Family much longer than myself, like uh, Robert, Simon, Joseph, However, because I think maybe my personal interest in history. So wherever I go, I make it a point to you know, find out about the history of the place or the building that I visited. So therefore, I thought, why don't I use this interest of mine to do something for my own community? So while doing my, doing my research, this was in 2000, that was about um, 20 years ago, while the parish celebrated its 100th anniversary or the centenary anniversary, I discovered the growth of the parish, which was not easy. There was difficult moments, for example, uh, for 38 years. Yes, the parish was, the church itself was built in 1901, but the community started much earlier, maybe in the 1890s. But however, in 1940, from 1914 to 1952, the church was without a residential priest. For, for almost 38 years, the church was without a residential priest. And priests from Holy Rosary, St. Anthony's, used to cycle all the way from Kuala Lumpur to visit the faithful. And it has been recorded in their, in their journals and their own personal writings. They leave Kuala Lumpur at 4 a.m. to Kajang to say Mass. And one particular person uh, was that I like to share and how he touched uh, gave me a, a more sense of my own faith was uh, father, late Father um, Goy Hinech, uh, was a French priest, an NEP father, who actually brought revival to the parish during that period, from 19, during the time where there was no parish priest. He was the parish administrator. So in 1930, the infant Jesus sisters, with him, Father Goy Hinech, established a school, which is today Convent Kajang. And through the efforts of Father Gohenech, 
and the infant Jesus sisters, there was revival in faith among the Catholic community and gave them the strength to withstand the challenges which they eventually have to encounter during the Second World War. And as some may know that the church was badly damaged. The first church in Holy Family looks very much like uh, St. Aloysius in Mantin, or some of you have been to St. Anne's Church, the old St. Anne's Church on the hill, which is a neo-Gothic design. The church was badly damaged due to the bombings. So, so now, how does these events relate to myself or my own encounter with God? For me, I can see Jesus in person, in the person, sorry, I can see Jesus in the person of Father Gohinech. Uh, and it was recorded too in, 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 this, uh, rec in the historical records that he was suffering very serious, very serious migraine due to a bullet that was lodged in his brain during the First World War. Because during the First World War, he went back to France and somehow some accident happened and a bullet was lodged in his brain. And he, as a result, he constantly had severe migraine. But despite of his pain, he made the point to serve the people. And I can relate that very much to the suffering Jesus. Literally, I can see in, when, I, when I was reading Father Gohinech, although I never had the opportunity to meet him back in the 30s, obviously I wasn't born then, the suffering of Jesus wearing the crown of thorns. Uh, that Father Gohinech was like his master wearing the crown of thorns, and I can see that in him when I was reading. And uh, as priests are called to become Alta Christus, in Latin means another Christ. So I can see the Jesus when I read in the Passion, of read, uh, the passion reading in the life of Father Gohinech. Plus the infant Jesus nuns, the infant Jesus sisters, was to I could see like to in my in my life here is like the mother, the mother as in Mother Mary, right? Guiding her children to Christ. Just like the infant Jesus sisters who were in Kajang in the night since the 30s, guiding the faithful to Jesus. Lastly, the community in Kajang back in the 30s and 40s. And I can relate to St. Joseph, since we are talking about the Holy Family, the parish. So the Holy Family, not just in terms of the, the statue or the stained glass that we have, but I can see these three persons when I was doing research. First, Mother Gohinech, the, 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 the Passion of Jesus, and then uh, Mother Mary in the nuns, when I was reading about the life of Mother Martha, very much alive, and the community as St. Joseph, it, who, who, who had their uh, perseverance. As we know, St. Joseph preserved himself for to become the, father, the foster father of Jesus, just like the community. They've gone through hard times, but they still preserve their faith. And I, I could also say for myself, when I moved into Kajang in 1985, my, my late father was transferred from Pudu Jail to Kajang prison, not as a prisoner, but as an officer. Now you so better you, you better make that very clear. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. From Puru yeah. Jail to Kajang prison is like, you know, you didn't qualify that, it was a bit, yes, it was a bit dangerous. Yeah. yeah, in fact, those days in the prisons, uh, Father Henrio used to come and visit the, the prison and all. But coming back to myself, um, at that time, I was just about 10 years old. Okay? Yeah, and maybe, I, I maybe just, just a second, Roy, maybe... Roy, yeah. uh, just want to just want to go back a little bit, uh, yeah. a little bit about sure. about uh, the priests who were there. Uh, 
you know, the community in Kajang uh, was established. What, what, what were the people at that time? Do you know? I mean, in terms of uh, why was the mission established in Kajang? Was it a growing community? Was it uh, people were moving towards Kajang at that time, 120 years ago? Just I, I believe, yes, Father. I mean, because Kajang was a mining town. Okay, all right. And so yeah. so there were people, you know, um, who settled down in Kajang, mining town, and also it was surrounded by rubber estates and all. So the okay. early settlers were either those who worked in the mines or okay. those who worked in the rubber estates. So that is I why see. the two parish were assigned to take care of Kajang Holy Family. Holy Rosary, okay. at that time, you know, the church was very much... Uh, based on language. So Holy Family, you know, for a Chinese community was under uh, Holy Rosary, Chinese, and for, uh, for Indian community, St. Anthony's, right? And but this, I was just Anthony, trying, to trying to understand what, what started the community in Kajang in terms of, you know, well, the early settlers in Kajang. In terms of Kajang being a mining because, town and yeah. also a plantation area. So yeah. there were so this, already yeah. settlers, the early Catholics there. Yeah. So just listening, just listening to listening to your to your stories. Uh, I mean, uh, Joseph, Simon, Chitra, Robert, Roy, and also JP. You know what what comes to my mind is that I would like to ask: Have you ever shared these stories with people, or or is this the first time that that you are talking about it? You know, uh, in in in, in, a, in a room like this, the first time. For me, father. For me, father, this is the first time. Sure. That I'm okay. hearing about, uh, you know, how at that time, because I wouldn't have dared uh, speak about this. I would, I think, would have been taken away from the missionary school. <laughs> sure. No. So, so I, I'm just, I'm just wondering also, uh, in this, you know, what, what is, why, why are people hesitant to talk about their God experiences? You know, why, why are we, you know, because we, each one of you, uh, you have a very powerful story to share, uh, whether it is uh, a healing. Uh, whether it is uh, a conversion story or whether it is a historical, uh, sometimes I wonder why why are we afraid to to tell people about our encounter with God? I, I, just as I was listening to you, it kind of dawned on me. Yeah, maybe this is the first time that you know the first time that you are actually talking about it. And even Simon acknowledges that he has not heard the story from his father. Uh, you know, uh, and in the comment section there was an Adeline Poon. Uh, JP is that your sister? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So she was sending hard, hard. He was sending hard signs. So I wonder if it's also the first time that she's hearing the story. Why do you think we are afraid to talk about our God experience, our little encounters? You know, and there's something maybe, perhaps you know, to our listeners out there, maybe something for us to ponder on. I don't know, JP. I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, we are not one of those who you know, uh, you know, so openly. I always say that you know, you just get a group of people uh, in a coffee shop, at least pre-pandemic days, you just drop the word politics and you realize how animated people become, you know? Uh, but you drop the word God experience, everybody goes silent, you yes. know? And Simon was sharing about BEC. You know, one of the challenges of BEC is the quietest time, the most profound silence is when the Bible sharing happens, isn't it, Simon? You know, anyone here to share anything? Everybody looks at the floor. Nobody wants to look at each other in the eye. So perhaps this is something that, you know, uh, our hope is this, that, you know, that, that we kind of share these little stories, you know. Um, I don't know. I, I just want to just to bring, uh, you know, Chitra into, into this conversation, you know. You know, your own conversion experience that you shared about, you know, like going to Kajang for all these years, you know, is there one story that, you know, 
that you say that going to this church uh, and you say, ah, today I met God. Is there is there one or any one of you uh, who would like to share? You know, I think I'll go first, Father. Sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, I get a bit emotional. <laughs> okay. Uh, for me, Kajang Parish, like what Simon said, was my family because coming from a family where every I mean, I come from a Hindu family, you know, so Kajang family was my family. And being a young family, I look forward to going to the church. So much so that when we wanted to even move to PJ, I said, no, I said, I want to be in Kajang. And that's when I started experiencing like, uh, you know, through BECs, I mean, the, uh, I mean, this uh, uh, Pali brought me to the first mass. And one thing I noticed, when you go for all these people spot you, you know, okay, we got this new person. Huh? Next time we must put them in, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. But for me, my experience with Holy Family is something you cannot detach, you know. I mean, they, especially Father Leo Chang, the late Father Leo Chang, I mean, not many people actually knew much about him. But uh, I want to share my, my encounter, you know, with working with Father Leo Chang. When I was asked to become the uh, chairperson of the building fund, uh, and I was just, I mean, that's a, I mean, just to make the story short. And I went to church not thinking whether I want to take this position because I felt that I was not worthy. I felt that I didn't know anything about the scriptures. But before that, thanks to Robert Tan, he had given my name to Father. And uh, 24th of February, 1992, I got a call from the parish office. Father Leo wanted to see me. All right, I was very new. He was very new, but I felt comfortable. Both of us were shocked. That was the only consolation. So when we were talking, he wanted me to, to, you know, to become the, invited me to head the liturgical ministry. And I was very frank with him. I said, Father, I don't know anything about liturgy. He said, I mean, you just help me and I will journey with you. And later, Robert Tan asked me, Father, God ask you or not? I said, ask what? Ask you to become this. I said, oh, thank you, Robert. Robert has done a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I went into the ministry and I realized that the Catholic Church, rather the, the I mean, I learned about the Eucharist and so many things and Father guided me. So I felt that later when I was asked to become the building fund chairperson, I realized that God actually prepared me for that role because now he wanted me to build, I mean, not build, I mean, I was asked to be instrumental in putting up a, a church. To me, the church is a physical church. It's a small C, all right, small C. But for Father Leo Chang, it was a big C. He wanted to build the community. The physical church, I think, is no rocket science. You don't need anybody. If you have the money, you get a good contractor. He'll build it for you even with now present technology. Six months, you can have a church, all right? But I think building the big church, you know, that is the community, like what Brother uh, Simon said, the, the uh, BECs. During, I think I came into a time where the BEC was alive, very, very alive. They were simple people, but you know, they were all, uh, I don't know how to explain, they were so excited. You know, they were, there was so much of energy, you know, and that actually gave me the fire, you know. And so uh, the late uh, uh, Mr. Adel's father, now I just, uh, I mean, Joseph, can you help me? Jaya uh, I mean, Uncle Jaya Surya. Okay, the uncle came in. Thank you. So, <laughs> so what happened was he came to my house again another day. Huh? I remember 12th of May, uh, 1996. It was Mother's Day and I was already teaching catechism. Uh, we were selling flowers in church 
and the late Mr. Jaya Surya had gone to my house to look for me, to ask me to, to not take this position. And I was not at home. So he told my husband, oh, when Shitra comes back, tell her that we don't know all that went on. And my husband is just the opposite of me. All right. He'll tell me, don't ever put me in any church things. Okay. Full stop. That's it. <laughs> so what happened was for me, like Robert Tan, I went for everything because I needed to build up my faith on my own. There was no RCIA when I converted. So what happened? My husband, you, this is like an abduction story, you know, father. So uh, he came to church, my husband, Mr. Das. He took me, told me to get into the car, and we drove and drove and drove around Kajang town. And I kept asking him, where are we going? Thank God there were no traffic lights, you know. Then he said, oh, uh, you know something? Uh, they wanted to become uh, the chairperson of this. I don't think all the 99 reasons that came out why I should not say yes, he said. He said, you shouldn't take it because you know Catholics, how loud, there'll be politics, then things don't go wrong. Father, I'm not going to repeat all that, I, you know. So it went on and then he told me, actually, uh, I just want to wait until 10 o'clock because Jaya said he'll come back. <laughs> <laughs> so just listening just listening to your to your story, you know, there's so many different people who are, who are instrumental, uh, I think, in, in connecting God. Uh, and I think this is something sometimes we don't realize, uh, that the God encounter does not necessarily mean to have what I would call a burning bush experience. Uh, and sometimes it is just the ordinary people that God, you know, kind of prods towards our path. Uh, and, and then we begin to reflect and to realize. I'm just going to bring uh, Joseph into this, this conversation. Uh, Joseph, have you, have you had, I mean, have you had a, a burning bush experience? I mean, uh, a Moses experience in, in Kajang? Okay, uh, thanks, brother. Um, unlike uh, Robert and Chitra, uh, I was a born Catholic. And a born Catholic, um, I was actually baptized at the Holy Family Church 60 years ago. And um, uh, my journey with our, my, my links with the Holy Family Church uh, goes back to, uh, to, I went through kindergarten at Holy Family. And uh, I'm just going to uh, run through this uh, uh, very quickly here. Yeah? And after my first Holy Communion, I sent it, uh, while I was eight years old, you know, joined the choir, joined uh, the altar boys. And uh, confirmation was when I was in uh, Standard 4, 10 years old. Um, catechism classes, uh, I mean, for, for the boys from a boys' school, having to go to the convent school, go through catechism. Um, yeah, after uh, after the... Uh, confirmation. Uh, this is an acronym where I think many people in Kajang have also forgotten. CIMO, or uh, in short, the Catholic Youth Movement Organization. Uh, joined the youths, uh, the youth organization uh, uh, when I was still in my uh, low, uh, upper primary. Fast forward that picture that just came on the screen, the altar boys. Yeah, this one. Uh, this is a, we call it the Four Musketeers. Uh, this was taken way back in 1978. Um, and uh, the four of us, uh, the others, if you don't mind, if I mention their names, uh, Joseph Yan, Michael Chong, Basil, and myself, uh, we were there for masses almost every other day, uh, any occasion. And uh, that was the time when Father Hario came into Kajang, and uh, he always kept telling us about you know, vocations to the priesthood, vocations to the priesthood. And you fellas are hanging around the church uh, all the time. Uh, why don't you guys go and, uh, you know, uh, join the priesthood? 
Um, it was the time that we were leaving school, uh, a vocation camp. Um, I don't know whether, Father, you remember, uh, uh, whether you remember this, but back then they used to have this vocation camp uh, for people like this who were uh, lost out there, uh, not sure what we want to do. Um, and at that time, uh, you know, joining the priesthood sounded like something that was, yeah, um, this is probably doable. Don't, don't, don't say vocation camps for those who are lost, don't know what to do. Lah. So I sound like, now I sound like, so like I didn't know what to do. I went for the vocation camp kind of thing. No, not, not that bad. It was for people like this. Um, you know, not, not, not decided. Of course, for the younger kids today, they have Dr. Google there who gives them a lot of answers. We didn't have Google back then. So that sounded like, uh, yeah, why don't, uh, why don't we consider doing it? So after our Form 5 packed our bags uh, and off we went to PD, um, we actually hitchhiked part of, uh, part of the way there. Uh, and yeah, uh, so this was the vocation camp in 1979. And uh, what happened there was uh, actually very interesting. Uh, uh, if you look at, uh, okay, the, the main facilitator was uh, Father Amla, if you, you can see in the picture. Um, you know, uh, may he rest in peace. And also Bishop, uh, Bishop uh, uh, Archbishop Vandagen was also there. Now, you won't see me in this picture because of uh, what I'm going to relate. So we went uh, for this uh, vocation camp. Uh, we got there. Day one, end of day one, I actually fell ill again. Uh, me, uh, always being a sick person, um, I fell ill. Um, end of the first night, um, Father Amla brought me to the PD hospital. This was at the Stalamaris. Um, so, uh, went to the hospital, uh, I, I was running a very high fever. Second day, spent most of the day in the hospital. And uh, third day, uh, Bishop Vandagen says, uh, Joe, uh, this is bad. Uh, I don't think you can continue with the camp. And, uh, you know, uh, and it was actually Bishop Vandagen who drove me uh, back to Kajang. Just both of us, uh, along the way, uh, back then, no highways. Uh, it was a long journey from PD back to Kajang. He was telling me a whole lot of uh, stories um, and he sent me home. Of, of course, uh, uh, my, my dad was also um, the parish council chair, chairperson at the time and uh, he knew my dad well. So he drove me home. Um, that was the end of my vocation camp and uh, the weeks or the months after that, probably even a year, um, you know, uh, end of this thing about priesthood. But that was when it got me thinking. Um, I could not, or maybe God's way of saying that, hey, this guy, no, he's not going to go into the priesthood. But I asked myself, what can I do for the church? And uh, that was the beginning of, uh, I know, me coming forward um, and uh, uh, providing uh, or coming forward to volunteer my services for the church. And from then on, it was the weather, the Legion of Mary, the youths, the, uh, you know, the, the choir, the PPC. Um, the chairman of the property management. I've done it all. Um, but that was probably um, the turning point for me. Uh, you're not going to be a priest, but you can do other things for the church. And I continued to serve the church under 10 different priests, more than 10 different priests. And for almost 50 years, I continued to serve the church until I was sent on an assignment abroad. And uh, uh, then I decided to take a back seat. So, um, me coming forward, uh, the turning point was actually that vocation camp where I didn't, uh, no, I, I couldn't complete that, but it was, a, uh, it was maybe a signal from God that uh, you can do things for the church. 
not necessarily to be a priest. I'm sorry, no offense to you, Father, but uh, <laughs> no, not at all. I, I think I think it's an important point, you know, and I think you know you don't have to be a priest to serve. And I think that's that's the key point that I, I hear from you. You don't have to be a priest to serve. I mean, yes, I choose one particular way of life. All of you choose a different way of life. Uh, and each one of you serve in a different way. Um, yeah, but, you know, I just want to bring up a little comment that somebody uh, in what I said earlier you know, from Jacinta mm -hmm. Albert, you know, uh, why are we afraid to share? You know, I suppose we feel faith is a personal and worry about being judged by others, you know, if we shared our encounters, not wanting to be labeled as someone who is holier than thou, you know, and I think, you know, perhaps that's the reality that everyone is afraid of. I just want to quickly go through uh, each one of you. Uh, you know, many of you said this is the first time you're talking about it. And if there is one word, if one word that can describe this whole experience as you have thought about what has happened in the past in your life, what would that word how would you describe it in one word or two words? Like, I mean, let me be a bit more generous or three words, uh, maximum three words. Just, you know, preparing for this and just remembering all these events uh, that that happen in your life. Because, you know, sometimes we need these special moments to push us to look back and think. Uh, otherwise, life just overtakes us and we just go on and on and on, you know. What would that word or words be uh, for you in remembering all this? Uh, anyone? Roy? Uh, Oh, thank you, Father. For me, one word would be uh, perseverance. 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 Perseverance yeah. of the faith, and yeah. I relate it to our hundred and twenty years of perseverance sure. of our faith, journeying sure. together with God. Robert, what what would that word be for you? I mean, remembering all these events that happened in your life. I I would say, desert experience. Forty years of desert experience. Desert experience, yeah. My, my, my whole life journey, journey was like a desert experience. From uh, general mentor to PM, PC123, and to all the, the vision and mission of the church. Sure, sure. Experience over 40 years. I, and I'm sure, and, and I'm sure along the journey from time to time, you found that Oasis. Uh, to be able to be strengthened by God. It's not that desert all the way. I'm sure there's little experiences that you shared. Amazing. Yeah. Chitra, I mean, Chitra, what? Yeah. It's for me, Father, the experience that I had, especially in playing the role in the building fund, Father, is an experience that no money can buy. Sure. Okay. Where I experience God, I experience perseveration. I experienced challenges. The challenges were the ones that brought. Okay, that that would be more than three three words already. <laughs> yeah, you know, but Joseph, I mean, just just recalling all these things, you know, for yourself, you know, what yeah. what emotions does it bring for you? I, I know you're very emotional in the beginning. Uh, I'm sorry to take you down that path. Maybe you didn't want to visit that part of your life, yeah. but you know, what does it remind you today as you look back? Um, two words: serving God. Or serving the church um, and uh, that was what it um, boiled down to um, coming forward uh, to serve the church serve the community yeah from me first. simon uh three words i'm very greedy <laughs> encounter enlighten engage okay wow the three e's all right 
JP, you were you were saying something about your experience. What you know, just remembering all these things, you know, what does it bring to mind? I think for me, it would be two words. It would be grateful, right, and inspired to do more. So that's that's my takeaway. Yeah. And Father, if I can just turn the table around, how about, I mean, listening to all these stories, right, about how each one of us have encountered God, what would be your takeaway, one, two or three words from, from today's show? Since since I gave one word, I better stick to one word, uh, you know. I think for me, it's, it's faith, faithfulness, God's faithfulness, you know, that over a period of time, uh, you know, that God has revealed himself in so many different ways, uh, and just listening to your story and, you know, the reality is that we can never box God into one way, isn't it? You know, really, yeah, you know, because we read the Old Testament, sometimes I wish I had some of those experiences when I was discerning whether to become a priest or not. You know, I kept asking God, show me a sign, show me a sign. You know, like, you know, let the clouds part or something like that or, you know, something like, you know, some angel come and tell me, at least I was sure. But I also begin to realize that it is people uh, the encounters with people then become the encounter with god isn't it i mean in your all your stories it was an experience with other people uh it was there god reveals himself uh and even the modern day saints you did read the life of mother Teresa. also she encountered god in the dying uh, on the streets the poor uh, so i think sometimes that's that's the reality of it that, that's for me i think god's faithfulness of revealing he has never stopped revealing himself you know as as much as he started you know you can go back to adam and eve and noah and abraham he still continues to 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 make himself known to all of us and and i think that's that's the beauty of our god yeah Sorry, more than one word, but that's the one word is faithfulness. You know, no, it's okay. We've just been listening to all this, uh, JP, this morning. Uh, and I think I think the whole intention is to help people to maybe this weekend, yeah, it's a long weekend, just to try and recall an experience of God that, that you may have had. Uh, you may have had uh, in a very powerful, profound way that you may have forgotten or you may have missed. Sometimes the sad part, reality is that we may have missed the opportunity to meet God. Now, because we are we are too overworked doing. Sometimes I, I believe that sometimes in, even in church work we can be too overwhelmed in doing, doing, doing that we forgot that that we met God along the way. Yeah, especially you know in this day and age where we are attending mass virtually, it's it's very easy to to forget that we are actually participating in the Eucharist or in mass with. People, the congregation, the community. So maybe one of the takeaway messages for, for all of us who are tuning into this program and even for myself is to reach out to somebody from your parish or from your church or from a different parish or different church and, and just check in with them and, and talk to them and reach out to them because like what Father have shared and like how each one of us, uh, including our guests, have shared, it is actually sometimes through God or through people that we actually experience God. So so that could be our, our takeaway take message for, for this week, especially given that uh, tomorrow we will celebrate World Communication Day as well. So, so maybe let's do our part and and reach out to to our fellow uh, Catholic friends or, or friends in general and just reach out and communicate to them and and talk about the, our own experiences. Uh, and let's not take for granted that people, you know, like what Jacinta have actually shared. It's not about the judgment and all. It's just really us, just on a one to one basis, sharing with them our own godly experience and our own encounter. 
Yeah. Yep, we have come to come to an hour of this conversation. Yes. I'm sure we can go on. I'm sure we can go on. Uh, just to say thank you to to Roy, Robert, Chitra, Joseph, Simon, and of course uh, JP too, uh, for thank for you. You know, taking courage to to share your experience. Like JP said, I think you know it's World Communications Day. Uh, as much as technology has has overtaken us, uh, let's not forget the message. Uh, yeah, we have we have the means, but let's not forget the message. I think the message is the most important thing. You know, the means is only secondary, and the message is, of course, Jesus. Uh, and I think to to be able to bring Christ uh, to others. You know, so I hope Joseph, Simon, Chitra, Robert, Roy, you will tell your stories more often, uh, uh, rather than wait for us to invite you to come. And to all our listeners out there too, uh, you know, take an opportunity to to share maybe. Over a meal this this weekend with with your family, uh, just to talk. I know it's very uncomfortable. It's it's very very uncomfortable <laughs> to talk about God experiences, uh, but it doesn't always have to be a healing or a miracle. But I just maybe sometimes even a conversation uh, can be a God encounter with someone. Yeah. JP, shall we shall we conclude with a prayer yes. as always? Yes, let's do that, Father. Thank you yes. to all of our guests this morning and also uh, all the comments that we've received. Sorry, we couldn't go through all of it, but you know, thank you for the encouragement. Thank you for sharing a part of your God encounter, your experiences in church. Over let's to you, pray. Father. In yes. the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. God, our loving Father, we, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for this conversation to be able to remember the many times that you come to us we want to be grateful for these experiences because we know that you are a living God, a God who reveals to each one of us of the profound faith that you shared with us. Bless us, the work that we do. Bless our guests this morning, their families. Bless all our listeners out there that they too may be inspired to be able to, to share the good news, your son Jesus Christ to others. We ask you to bless the work of our hands that we use these many tools. And as we remember and celebrate World Communications Day, let us also be mindful of the call to share your son Jesus with one another. We make this prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, everyone. Thanks thanks to all of our listeners and viewers for tuning in and being part of our conversation this morning at Catholics at Home. We will see you same time, 10.30 next weekend for another episode of an, an exciting program that we'll be talking about. And we look forward to seeing you then. Thank you, everyone. Have a blessed weekend. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, God bless. <laughs>